the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today on this fine Thursday afternoon. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Hey, you got some Fourth of July plans? I hope that you do. And if you got them, why don't you share them with me? Because as of yesterday, I now live in the L.A. area. I have moved. I'm glad to be here. The movers left our place at 1130 last night. We got to bed sometime this morning and I've already learned something new about my new hometown. Maybe you can help me out with this, too. Is is the blue canister for trash and the black one for garbage? Because in San Diego, it's the other way around. The black one is for garbage and the blue one is for recycling. And uh, I'm pretty sure I tossed my garbage in. I tossed my garbage in the recycling one to this morning just because is that the same everywhere or is it just our our neighborhood with our our trash people i don't know why isn't it blue i thought blue was like standard for recycling isn't that the way it is well that's the way it ought to be but maybe it needs to be an act of congress and that's what the supreme court told us today is that congress needs to get its act together and act if it cares about anything at all and uh it's not exactly what they said but uh, what is being said about what they said isn't what they said which I find to be uh, particularly amusing, although it's not funny at all. Anyway, give me a call today, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, so um, yes, I did. I, I moved up here, and so I've got some, uh, I've got some thoughts. Are we going to uh, – what do we do? What do we do up here for 4th of July weekend? Do you have some plans do you have some different things that we do? I grew up in uh, the L.A. area, but it's been a long time since I've been here. Back when I grew up in the L.A. area, you were allowed to have your own fireworks. Now, I know that many of you have your own fireworks because we've all seen the video, the the fantastic video during the COVID when we're all locked in our house for a couple of months. And then the 4th of July came and then and then the uh, government people came out and said, thou shalt not shoot off any fireworks outside. And then it turns out everybody in LA has fireworks, not just in their backyard driveways, but they can just shoot them off into the air. I mean, it looked like Disneyland over Los Angeles. So many different fireworks everywhere. Where do you get those? Uh, maybe you shouldn't tell me where you get those. Maybe I don't really want to know, but I, I find out that, uh, that, uh, I thought that was pretty spectacular. I, I loved having fireworks in the yard as a kid. What are your favorite memories from 4th of July weekend. Do you have memories, things that you could do as a kid, things that maybe you do now? What's your favorite tradition? Would love to hear those. You can call me and tell me right now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. As I said, I moved to town, so I got to come up with some new, new traditions. For many years, my wife and I and our family, we went over to a friend's house who happened to live right across the street from a school where they shot off the city fireworks, and it was amazing. So we just got a front row seat for that, and we'd all bring our chairs. And this guy had a backyard that was enormous, and um, you would have, uh, you know, the Padres play back there uh, sometimes. It's so big uh, in San Diego. And 
we would bring our chairs and sit out there and watch these fireworks with about 100 people. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. That was our, our tradition. The kids would play on a climbing structure that they built that is in the dirt. So they would just come home covered in dirt. And we would stay there for a long time. We couldn't leave afterward because as soon as it was over, as soon as the fireworks were over, the traffic getting out from all the uh, the city space that was across the way. It was a school across the street, and that's where they shot off the fireworks. And hundreds of people would go over there to watch the fireworks. And then we couldn't leave this guy's driveway because of all these people. So we had this great time of having desserts. And we all made different kinds of things. I'm famous for my chocolate chip cookies. I will not give away the recipe. But uh, people ask me to make them. And uh, maybe I'm going to have to give them out to my neighbors and just sort of reestablish myself as the official uh, chocolate chip cookie maker here. We um, would have a good time watching those city fireworks, and that's what we had to do. But I still have to say, shooting them off at home was the best. We used to go buy the big package of fireworks. Did you ever do this? You go go to the uh, fireworks stand. They'd set it up in the supermarket parking lot. And it was some kind of uh, rickety sales booth that they would uh, set up. They still have it in different parts of the country. And you would buy, you could buy individual fireworks if you wanted to, but you could also buy the big kit. I always wanted my dad to buy the big kit. might have like 80 different fireworks in it and um, different kinds of uh, things that you would light. And you'd light these little cones on the ground and they would shoot up these fireworks. And we used to all sit out in front and we'd bring over my aunt and some other family and we would sit in the old-fashioned, you know, metal, like, lawn beach chairs and uh, sit there and uh, risk burning down the house and burning down ourselves. They used to have these fireworks called Roman Candle, and you would hold – I think that's what it was called. And basically it was this fiery torch that you would hold in your hand. You know, and they would give you these instructions where you would have to hold it in your hand and hold it out away from you, and you would want to do that if you didn't want to burn your face off. Completely legal, this thing. So you would light it, and and it was basically a torch. I don't know. It was. I want to say it was two feet long, a two foot long stick. Probably, you know, if you gripped it, I don't know the size of the width of a golf ball or something, but it'd be two feet long, and you would hold it up in the air like the Statue of Liberty, and flames would just fire out of this thing, and it would start to make you nervous because the shot, the the sparks would start to land in your hair. The sparks would start to land, and uh, you kind of keep holding it out farther and farther. And uh, if you were really lucky, the flames would start to shoot out the bottom end of it also, which I think was some kind of defect. Uh, but you never mind. You start twirling it around like a baton, and you thought you were in a parade. And uh, that was something that was great to do, especially when you were like eight years old and uh, doing that, which is when I did that. Um, do you have special memories like that? Those are my favorite. I think my favorite 4th of July memories actually are as a kid getting to light my own fireworks and not just the little sparklers that you hold in your hand and you kind of draw things in the air. Those are fun. And, um, some of you might be, if you're younger and you never had this experience, am I horrifying you? Let me horrify you even further. My friend, Bobby Van Zant, I'm just going to say his name. I don't think he's listening, but uh, some of you might know who he is because we grew up here and uh, he lives in Europe now. Do they have fireworks in Europe? I have no idea. Is this like if you were in England, do you celebrate the 4th of July at all or is this a day of mourning? How does it work for you? Anyway, um, call me if you're in uh, London. Give me a call, 888-528-2557. I know you can listen anywhere in the world now because of uh, your Alexa device and whatever it is. 
888-528-2557. If you want to call and share with me your favorite thing to do on the 4th of July or your favorite family tradition, what is it? What are the things that you think are really great for 4th of July? 888-528-2557. My friend Bobby and I used to take the fireworks that we could go buy at uh, the supermarket. We had a, we had an Alpha Beta. Remember that place, Alpha Beta? Uh, so we would go to uh, the Alpha Beta. We'd buy our uh, – it was a supermarket in Southern California. Somebody bought them. I think Ralph's or Vaughn's, one of those Albertsons. Should I just name them all? You know, Somebody bought it. And uh, we'd buy these. And we learned that if you took the bottoms off, so that you you normally would just leave them on the ground and they would, you'd light them and then you'd back off and then they would shoot a bunch of things in the air and everybody would clap and they'd go, yay, like you do with fireworks for some reason. And uh, you would enjoy that. But we learned that if you took the bottom off of it, uh, it would launch off into the air like a rocket. And one time we were at his house. His house was in the middle of kind of a deserty area up in the high desert, up on the hill, the side of a hill. So everything around his house was ice plant, just in case you had two dumb teenage boys taking the bottoms off of fire fireworks. And his house was at the bottom of the hill. So that you'd drive up his street and then you'd pull into his driveway and then you went down this driveway. The driveway must have been like a 60-degree down angle. You just shot down this driveway and crashed into his garage. That's where I learned how to, to ride a bike. I was late learning how to ride a bike. And one day um, we just decided, you know what, time for Scott to learn how to ride a bike. And they put me at the top of that hill on a bike and just gave me a shove. And by the time I was at the bottom screaming for my life, I knew how to balance on that thing. Anyway, we went to the top of the hill and we launched these fireworks into the air. Well, one of them didn't launch straight up. Instead, it launched right at the house. And because we were up actually higher than the house, it landed right on the roof. And we're watching it on the side, on its side, shooting flames into the side of the house, into the roof of the house. And we're just waiting there. You know that feeling you get when you know you've done something stupid, but there's nothing you can do about it? And you're just waiting for the worst disaster to happen. Well, that's where we found ourselves. And luckily it burnt out and it never burned down the uh, the uh, the house. Now, the best part is we just left it up there. And I don't know, months later, his dad was up on the roof for something. <laughs> and We'd never said anything. And boy, did we get in trouble when his dad found that up there. Hey, what's this doing up here? And it was, I don't know, it was probably December by the time he was up there for some reason. And here's this burnt out section of his roof and firework on there. That's one of my favorite Fourth of July memories. Freedom. What do you think? 888-528-2557. Uh, Jackie in Compton, welcome to Southern California Live. Um, my favorite memories, I call them memories. It's Fourth of July this is my mom's birthday. She was born on 4th of July. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yes. So it was just a big celebration. I, my mom was the center of the attention. My dad made sure we would go get our KFC because that's what she loved. Uh-huh. So it would be my job to walk down the street because there was one right by us, go get the buckets of chicken. My sister would be in the kitchen making potato salad to go along with it. And it would be... The, the the whole kids on the block, because we lived in a home, but there was apartments, three apartments. My mom was actually a babysitter also of a lot of kids there. They knew. They knew. At night, as soon as the sun goes down, what's my dad going to do? He's going to go out there 
with all the fireworks that we, he would buy fireworks galore, all the fireworks that he had, people would bring fireworks and he would set them off and make a big show for mom. She'd be sitting in her lawn chair and mom would just be enjoying her day. I'd be running around. And my dad always did this one special thing. There was this one firework that you used to, you were supposed to put on the ground and would go around and, and all, and, and it would be crazy. Well, my dad would, get a hammer and hammer it to our tree we had a big tree <laughs> he would hammer it there and he would all my mom would always say everybody back up back up and my dad would say no it's okay this time it's gonna stay on that tree and never stay on that tree he would always roll all around my dad would be there and making sure with the hose in case anything ever happened but those are my best memories and I miss my mom on this day so much. And yeah. I try now to share it with my grandkids and, and give them that same joy. You know, I make sure I, I make a big deal, you know? Yeah, Jackie, yeah. that is a great story. Um, <laughs> yes. And I know people who did the same thing. I know exactly that firework you mean. And you did. You'd nail it to a tree and it would spin around. And then you, you would stand there with the, the hose. <laughs> That's yes. that, or, that was the world we lived in. And you know what? Most of us are still here. Yes, uh, of course. You know, all right, Jackie, thank you. Thank you very thank much you. for your call. Great, great thank memory. You. Happy 4th of July. You. Hey, you got a story, your favorite 4th of July memory? Give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I think that if you are of a certain generation, your mem- your favorite gener- your favorite memories are going to be when you almost burn the neighborhood down. Um, when you almost did something really terrible. I note that the thing that she's talking about, I think, it's called the something flower, and it was this little pink you know, tube, and you would light one end of it. What you were supposed to do with it, I might have told the story the other day, but I'll tell it again. What you were supposed to do with it is you would put it on the ground. It, it belonged on you know, the concrete, on the cement, and you would light it, and it would just spin around in circles, and it would it would hover just a little bit, you know, a couple of millimeters off the ground. It was enough to make it move around, and it goes, and it would and it would light up like a little flower. That was the idea. It was like a little ball, and it kind of looked like a flower, and it would change colors, and it would be red and blue and green, and uh, just kind of dance around. And you know, once in a while, it would burn off somebody's toes, and you know, it hit you in the foot, and you're sitting there in your lawn chair. And you got to lift your feet up because the firework is coming, you know, and that's what we experienced. And uh, when I did one of those, uh, one year, it lifted itself up off the ground. It was like a UFO. I, I think I said this the other day. It was like a UFO. It flies. It flew up halfway up, like about eight feet in the air, you know, halfway up. I don't know what I meant by halfway up, but about eight feet in the air. And then it just hovered there again, like a UFO, like the same things that people are calling the Air Force about today. It just hovered there for a while. And then it shot off like it launched into space and it flew up over our garage now behind the garage was where my dad threw all of the old christmas trees i don't know why we never took them to the dump or take them to recycling or whatever but we we would go out buy a christmas tree and then sometime in march we would finally get the dead thing out of the house and we would throw it behind the garage i think there were six christmas trees at least back there and they were all dead very dry and we all i'm not even kidding we all just stayed in the driveway and waited for the, the fire to start we thought for sure we just set the house on fire. Uh, it didn't happen. Years later when we moved, we found it back there. So it did, in fact, land within the trees. But it probably burnt out before. So I knew people like that. And if this is the same one, who would nail it to the side of a tree and it would spin around on the 
on the axis of the nail on the tree, just spraying fire and flame all over the place. It was it was incredible because obviously a smart thing to do is to uh, place an exploding fiery device on the side of a wooden tree. There doesn't seem to be anything that could ever go wrong with that. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. If you've got a good memory, something that is a family tradition, um, doesn't necessarily have to be something dangerous, something that you did that you just enjoyed about 4th of July or still enjoy about 4th of July. Maybe you go to the ballpark and you enjoy the uh, fireworks at Dodger Stadium. That's a great show, by the way. If you ever get to go to fireworks night at Dodger Stadium, it's fantastic. I don't know if they still do. They used to let you out on the field, and then they stopped doing that. Then they started allowing you to do that. And I always liked that as a kid because I got to go out on the field, right? And, uh, of course, I was going to play Major League Baseball uh, back then. Uh, I could still go pro, right? There's still a chance somewhere in there. Anyway, it was it was a, it was a very good show, and we enjoyed that. Um, the other thing I learned is that if you took two of your uh, fireworks together – did you have the ones that were called Piccolo Pete's? They just made this loud noise. You'd light them, and you'd hear them all night long. I hear them once in a while now, so somebody's got a supply of them somewhere, or they get them from out of state. And uh, you would light it, and it, it would start to just put this little purple flame up. There's a tiny little thing. It could have been more than, I don't know, five or six inches tall. And it made the loudest noise. <laughs> really loud and screaming really loud. And I learned that if you took two of those and you lit them at the same time and you stuck them right next to each other, they would scream for a moment and then both of them would completely explode from the side. I guess the heat of it for some reason or something would happen to the the powder inside and it would just explode and go all over the place. And, uh, you know, as I say this, I'm just thinking to myself, I grew up at the right time. I mean, if you're if you're Gen X, maybe this is the reason we don't really care. You know, the boomer generation uh, and the uh, generation, uh, uh, you know, what is it, Generation Z or whatever, you're having a big fight back and forth. Those of us here, the millennials, you're going back and forth. But those of us in the middle of you, we're just watching you guys like a tennis game. You know, uh, boomers say something, millennials say something. They say it back and forth, and we're just watching you go back and forth because I think it's because we in Gen X, we just uh, blew up stuff in our yard, and we were fine with it. And we, as long as we stood there with a hose or a bucket of water, <laughs> we did. We had the hose and a bucket of water. That's just that's just how we uh, we rolled on the 4th of July, 888-528-2557. I think that, you know, it, I joke about all the scary things. Most of the time, we didn't do all that kind of stuff, and uh, but... Uh, it was a great family time. I remember the, the lawn chairs especially. Uh, you can still get them, but they're kind of the old-fashioned lawn chairs. They're just sort of aluminum, and uh, you would get yourself caught in them when they would fold up while you're sitting, and there was very painful. And you would every year, you would replace the, I don't know what the material is, the nylon or whatever it was that were these straps that you would have to fold through the chair. And they would go, they kind of weave each other and they have the, the part you sit on and the part that was the back and you could go buy it. And every year you wouldn't throw out the chair or go buy a new one at Costco. There was no Costco. You would just redo your own chair and do that every year. And that was something that we did before 4th of July so that we would have a place to sit. And we would do this in the backyard. And then the school that was near the house I grew up in, they that's where the city shot off their fireworks probably a lot safer than us so if we survived our firework party we used to climb up on the roof of our garage and be able to watch them from up there and 
that was great. And I think being together with family was the best part. I think when I think about growing up, that was one of the best times for whatever reason, best holidays with family. You know, Christmas, great, great holiday with family. Thanksgiving, you know, a good holiday with family, you know, until the politics would start. And uh, the politics was, you know, good going back and forth for a while. And uh, then there's there's somebody with the special politics who would say something scary and then you'd eat really fast and go home. And uh, that kind of would, uh, you know, wreck it. You know, hopefully the goal was in our house was to get in the turkey coma before uh, somebody ruined it with some crazy uh, notion they've got of the world. Um, And then Fourth of July, I think Fourth of July, even for my family now with uh, and it's changing for us, not just because we moved, but we used to uh, since I've been married, spend a lot of Fourth of July's with my wife's family. It was kind of traditional and her mom and dad have passed away now. And uh, we need a new tradition uh, you got any new ideas, new ideas that are legal, new ideas that uh, we can actually do today uh, that are fun. What are some fun things to do in the L.A. area for 4th of July? 888-528-2557 is the number. If you want to give us a call and let us know, 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, your special memories from 4th of July, special things that uh, the holiday means to you, uh, give me a call about that. Hey, uh, if you go to kkla.com, if you're listening in the L.A. area on 99.5 KKLA, or if you go to kprz.com, if you're in San Diego listening to our program, there's a lot of great things on there for you to connect with your radio family. Right now, with uh, abortion being such a subject, there's a film on there that you can click on and go to a link and watch it on Salem Now. It's The Matter of Life, and it's a must-watch on-demand movie that unravels the complexity of the abortion issue through science. And uh, you can go in there right now at kkla.com or kprz.com. You can use keyword matter if you can't find it, but it's right there on the front. And you can watch the trailer, see if it's something that might interest you and your family. And uh, hopefully it'll help you in the conversations about hard issues like that that you might be talking about over the 4th of July weekend uh, with your family or friends who come over. Obviously, that's uh, there's a lot of things like that in the air. All right, if you... Uh, uh, want the podcast of our program, you can always go to kkla.com, click on the program guide, find Southern California Live, and get the podcast there. We'll be back for your calls and your 4th of July stories and more in just a moment. The number is 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today on this fine Thursday afternoon. Hot, little humid today. Get ready for Fourth of July weekend. You got some plans for this weekend? I hope that you do. I hope that you make plans. I hope that you get out and be with friends and family and uh, spend some time doing things, doing things legally. We spent the first part of the hour remembering all the uh, things that were legal at a time when we used to blow each other up with the fireworks. Can't do it most places in Southern California. I was reminded during the break that when you got to the end of your box of fireworks, when you used to be able to buy your fireworks and bring them home, you got to the end of it and there was this little box and it was called snakes and there were these little black round pebbles and you'd put them on the ground and they were i don't know they look like uh, miniature hockey pucks or something and you would light one of them on top you just take a match and you'd put it on top and then it would just start to grow in this this crazy black foam and it would just snake all over the yard and go everywhere and they were just like filthy too it was just like ash or something 
And it would leave a mark on your driveway. It would leave a mark in the street. And it would leave that mark for months. And it would leave marks on your feet because it would always, for whatever reason, the wind would just blow them right at your legs. And then you'd go in the house with all this ash on your feet. And, uh, man, those are good memories. Those are good days. 888-528-2557. Do you have any memories of 4th of July, your favorite traditions that maybe you can still do today? 888-528-2557. Once in a while, somebody uh, trivializes, uh, you know, Fourth of July a little bit and wants to say, well, it's a day of that we should be a little more solemn and and remember the people who have sacrificed so much for our freedom. And you definitely should take time to do that. I mean, that's a big part of it. And the Declaration of Independence was signed under uh, great risk to uh, the people who signed it. And, you know, there's a whole lot of reason to, you know, look at it from a, a solemn perspective on this day. The There's a story that John Adams wrote Benjamin Rush from uh, the day that the, the people got together to sign um, the Declaration of Independence. And he said, do you recollect the pensive and awful silence which pervaded the House when we are called up one after another to the table of the President of Congress to subscribe to what was believed by many to be our death warrants? That's how they felt when they signed this thing. He said, the silence and gloom of the morning was interrupted, I well recollect, only for a moment by Colonel Harrison of Virginia, who was a really big guy in history, who said to Mr. Jerry, who was a guy who was a very tiny little guy, he said to him, I shall have great advantage over you, Mr. Jerry, for when we are all hung for what we are now doing, from the size and weight of my body, I shall die in a few minutes, but from the lightness of your body, you will dance in the air for an hour or two. That's his uh, Fourth of July memory there. They risked everything. They really did. And it's all right to do that. But the, of course, it was a joke that guy was saying there, you know, don't write me and say, ah, but that's, that's the joke uh, that was told. There it was a very serious, very, very serious risk that they were, they were doing for freedom. There was a couple of things, not only breaking away from Britain, but also in a lot of the assertions that they were making, one of them being that one should throw off oppressive government um, and that all another one is that all men are created equal and have rights to be given by God. Um, and uh, that's pretty serious. Um, that's pretty serious. We obviously didn't live up to that uh, right away with slavery, our original sin, although 20 of the 22 of those founders voted to make slavery illegal in Northwest Territories. But there were just a lot of controversy with that. But the whole idea, the idea that, and rightly so, that that slavery should have immediately been outlawed, uh, not something that would have been done, you know, over time, which is what some of them thought should be done. That's a whole other discussion. But the whole idea that human beings are created with equal rights that have been given by God, not given by the king, not given by the monarchy, not given by the government— that was a huge deal. That was a huge deal. And one of the reasons that we're here today, and one of the reasons that we can celebrate and and uh, recognize this day is it was the right idea that God is above government, that even the things that we do that are have been wrong are against God, that there is actual morality that needs to be upheld and that reality is persistent. And the reality of what is right, the reality of what is just it will always be something that has to be maintained, even if it's not for a long time. And if you try to push it aside, it will lead to war, it'll lead to destruction, and God is always letting us know, hey, there is a right way to live life. There is a right way. 
And if you live that way, life will be pretty good. You're in a fallen world. There will be people who sin against you. There will be natural disasters and uh, accidents and other things that happen. But the more you live according to how the world is designed, the better your life is going to be and the better you're going to make it through whatever tragedies come your way. One of the reasons that we are to celebrate freedom is because it really is something that human beings have struggled to maintain throughout all of history. Freedom is something that human beings have had such a a difficult time maintaining because it's not the natural state of things. Tyranny is the natural state of things. Tyranny is, in a sinful and fallen world, the direction that things go when people don't pay attention, when people are struggling to um, fight for the things that matter the most, which most of the time plays out by us fighting for each other. One of the problems I think we have today is that we spend a lot of time worried about our rights, but not so much about our neighbor's rights. And we have become more and more willing to fight for our own rights, even if it somehow tramples the rights of our neighbor, when it really should be the other way around. Because when it's the other way around, when you're concerned about your neighbor's rights um, and they're concerned about your rights, it's a much better argument. It works a whole lot better uh, that way when that happens. Hey, if you want to uh, tell us your story about, we'd love to hear from you, your favorite memories about 4th of July weekend, your favorite traditions, things that you would recommend to other people, give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. And uh, somebody uh, writes in, we put those nasty smelling smoke bombs on the doorstep of the Mr. Grinch in our neighborhood. <laughs> There's always somebody, right? There's there does every neighborhood have a Mr. Grinch? And if you if your neighborhood doesn't have a Mr. Grinch, maybe you're the one, right? Uh that's the whole idea. There's some comedian who does some routine like that where he uh he goes door to door because he's heard that there's a mean guy in the neighborhood and he goes to the door and and uh he knocks on the neighbor's door and he says, "Hey, I've heard that there's a mean guy in the neighborhood. I'd love to know who the mean guy is and and where the mean guy lives." And the neighbor says, "Well, he lives in that house over there." And the guy knocking on the door says, you idiot, that's my house. Yeah, see, if you don't know who the mean guy is, then it's you. So uh, this person was the mean neighbor, uh, this, this listener writes, who yelled at the kids in the neighborhood for playing baseball in the street and using his driveway as home plate. <laughs> Are those days over? Because I used to do that. We used to play wiffle ball all night long in the middle of the street. And... We Now, home plate was in our driveway. Maybe that has everything to do with it. But we used to hit the ball across the street, and I used to grab the lady's hose who lived across the street and make an outfield fence. So if you hit it over the hose, that was a home run. Also, on her roof and into her backyard was uh, also allowed. So we did that. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Cruz in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hi. I have a memory We've been doing it for years, going to the park and seeing the bands at the park and actually having new members to come and do their, um, to be into, inaugurated, to be a citizens of the United States. Oh, really? At the park? On stage. Yes. No kidding. Monterey Park. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. fantastic. That's a great tradition. What a great, great tradition. What, What park did they, do they still do that? Uh, yes, they do. Bonds Park in Monterey Park, California. 
Oh, that's a fantastic tradition. Uh, Cruz, thank you for that story. That's beautiful. a, that's a beautiful. great idea. They that. Yeah. And they would give out flags to everybody. Everybody that would give out flags. Very cool. Are people having barbecues and other things like that and hanging out through barbecues the day? And friends would swim all day and then have barbecue at night. And we'll see the fireworks on the hill. It was just beautiful. Cool. Beautiful. And our friends would come and then our families would come and we'll go walk down the street to Subway and have a family pack of Subways and bring it back and eat Subway at the park too also. All right. Very, very cool. Thank you, Cruz, for your call. Appreciate that very much. What a great tradition uh, that is. Let's go to uh, Yolanda in North Hollywood. Yolanda, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, can you hear me? Good I can. Afternoon. How are you doing, Yolanda? All right. Uh, just want to join in on this party. Yeah. I am the uh, I am the uh, offspring of a armed forces master sergeant in the military. So being an army child, you know, we traveled around the world and were stationed in various parts of the world. But I remember as very young, we were always in the United States on the 4th of July and uh, just did, uh, something simple. My parents were active and they would take us, I believe it was when we were in Minnesota, um, to a hillside, I remember, and just lay down a blanket. And I remember laying there looking up at the, the fireworks, looking up at the sky. And this program brought that back. I'm sitting in my kitchen. I'm like, oh, you know, my dad and my mom are since uh, passed on. But, mm. yeah, that's, that's my memory, just laying on a blanket and gra- on a hillside you looking know, at fireworks. Th- those simple things, right, they just mean so much. Uh they do. Yeah, and I think this holiday there's a lot of that for us. Like I can't uh, I keep remembering the chairs, the simple chairs that we would sit in and the the easy things that we would do. Thank you very much for calling Yolanda. That's a great story. Appreciate that very much. You know, and she talks about uh people in the armed services, especially if you're traveling on the 4th of July. I was in uh Germany once on the 4th of July, and it's a long story. It was a church mission trip actually. And uh, it's a story I should tell because it was a complete disaster as far as mission trips go. Like, it, literally, we spent the – me and a bunch of high schoolers who we were in high school at the time, um, same high schoolers that I was blowing stuff up with. Uh, we ended up staying at uh, Ramstein Air Force Base, uh, living with the, the base mortician for a week, and uh, a whole other story. But one of the things I do remember about it that's a, a great part is that she was listening to the Armed Forces Radio Network, uh, the woman who lived there, the mortician's wife. And I remember her vacuuming on the 4th of July. And most of the people had been gone. They were on leave. A lot of people came back to the States, but they were stuck there. And every song on that station was a patriotic song, you know, um, proud to be an American, all the things you normally sing. And I'll remember her listening to these songs and vacuuming for this crazy amount of time. And then I finally realized she's bawling. She's tears were just pouring out of her, her eyes and I remember particularly this moment when I noticed she was listening to Neil Diamond's uh, Coming to America. They're coming to America. You know, she's just crying and crying. And, and, I, and I talked to her afterward, and, you know, she just loved the country and missed being with her family and missed those simple things of, of being here. Hey, if, you're, if you are listening and you're overseas or you're missing your, your loved one because they're deployed or things like that, hey, we love you. I hope that you have a great Fourth of July, and we know it's it's when you're 
when you're in the military family or you're like Yolanda and you have um, uh, parents who have served and you've got so many different things going on, there's a special meeting for you this weekend. 888-528-2557 is the number. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back with your calls. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Neil Diamond. He does a better Neil Diamond than I do. Sometimes. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, we're talking about 4th of July plans, 4th of July traditions, memories of 4th of July, things that you really enjoyed or still enjoy about your 4th of July that you'd like to share with us. 888-528-2557. Leon in Simi Valley. How you doing, Leon? Leon, are you still with us? Oh, I'm supposed to click the thing. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Leon. Welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you, and welcome uh, to Simi Valley. I've only been listening to you today, and I agree with everything that you've said all day. And I believe that uh, Independence Day should never be taken for granted. People are trying to to reverse independence. And they're not looking out for each other, their families, and their neighbors, and that's what they should be doing. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with everything that you've uh, said today, and I'm only one of your uh, neighbors and Jewish followers. Uh, well, I appreciate that, Leon, and uh, thanks for being my, my neighbor. Do you agree with uh, the stuff I did as a kid? Did you blow stuff up on the 4th of July as a kid? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> without, without, I still have all my fingers and toes. Well, that's good. But I remember, I remember those little uh, black snakes. That uh, the nice thing about them is that they were they were one of the safer uh, uh, fireworks that we could that we could have. And, yeah. Uh, and 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 the rockets and everything that we can shoot off those were lots of fun. Those were lots of fun. Well, Leon, thank you for listening, and thank you for uh, being part of our show today. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Yeah, I don't remember anybody getting hurt by those snakes. They were just, like, made you dirty everywhere, you know. But we did have the warning. All the, do, you still, do people still give this warning? Because we had firecrackers, right? Those were illegal even when I was a kid. The little tiny little, you light the end of it and it explodes. The thing was is if you were going to do it, Never do it with a closed fist, right? That We're all remembering that here. You're like, you you have to have them out there and it hurts your hand. But if you close your hand, you lose your hand. It was a bad deal. Yeah, so be careful out there if you're doing something you shouldn't with uh, all those things. 888-528-2557. And Leon is right about making sure that we take the day seriously and our, our freedom is not something that we should take for granted. But it is also okay to celebrate on the day. You know, I think that uh, the the founders actually believe that. In fact, one of the, I think, most incredible quotes from a uh, founder about 4th of July came from John Adams. This is what he said. This was on July 3rd, 1776. Now, the Declaration of Independence was actually written on the 2nd. That's the day they finished the document. It wasn't printed until the 4th, so that's why it says July 4th. So it's right now you might have a document that you created, you know, a legal document, but the, the date on the document is the official day of it, even if you wrote it beforehand. Does that make sense? Well, the document was completed on the 2nd day of July, 
And so he thought that uh, the anniversary would be the 2nd of July, not the 4th of July. But this is what he said. He wrote a letter on July 3rd to his wife, Abigail. This is uh, John Adams, who would become our second president eventually. He said this, the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoca. Is that how you say that word? It's an old word. What does it mean? I think it means the most memorable holiday, celebration. In the history of America, he said, I'm apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as a day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized by with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. That's a prophetic statement there. Like, how did he know? I think that's an amazing thing that he said that. The day after, so no one had even seen it other than the guys who wrote it. It hadn't been published yet. People hadn't seen it. It wasn't being signed. He knew that this declaration was a big deal. And he knew that 246 years later, we would be celebrating it. I think that's incredible. I think it's just one of the most incredible insights into history. There's a few things that uh, people have said at different times that people thought, you know, how did you know that at the time? Like we look back now and we go, okay, I get it now. You know, to say this now doesn't mean anything. But to say it then, before there ever was a celebration, before there really even was a country, before they knew that any of this would even be successful, to say that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations and that it ought to be with pomp and parade, shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of the continent to the other, that, and that's exactly what it is, I think that's incredible. That's an incredible statement. Now, a funny thing about John Adams, we all have our, our issues, right, and, and things that we get stubborn about that are kind of stupid. Uh, he had one about this. He was stupid because he felt, and I use that word because biblically, uh, if you get stubborn about dumb things, it's kind of stupid. All right. Uh, did you know that? That's somewhere. It's Proverbs. Uh, what is it here? There's some, I'll find it. There's a proverb that basically says, hey, you know what? It's Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. You know, he who gets uh, gets sort of bent out of shape about things that don't matter. One of the things he got bent out of shape was is that July 4th became the day of celebration, not July 2nd. And he would argue that, no, the 2nd is the day that we wrote it. It was only printed on the 4th. And uh, he got really upset about it, so upset about this that when he was asked, you know, as a former president, as a founding father, to speak on the 4th of July, which you would think would be a great honor, a great, you know, we're going to have John Adams come to our 4th of July party. Wouldn't you like to do that? He would say no. And the reason he would say no is because he thought you should celebrate it on the 2nd, not the 4th. And he was just stubborn about this, which is why I think he died on July 4th. I think uh, Jesus had a joke for him there. I don't know if God works that way or not. But, uh, you know, I just kind of wonder. You can join our conversation here. A couple minutes left. Nate in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, how you doing? Um, I had a a question about, uh, if you know you've been chosen to be a leader for God, how do you get to the point where you're actually doing the work? Can you ask that question again? If you want to be a leader for God, how do you get to the point where you're doing the work? Is that what you said? No, I mean, I mean, I'm prophesied and told since I was a youth that I've been told to be a leader, and I'm like, when is it going to happen? I'm going to get to the point. Okay, you I believe that? Like I'm taking all the steps. 
All right, you believe that uh, you're going to be a leader and it's never going to happen. I'll tell you when it's going to happen, uh, Nate. I don't know your circumstances, obviously, but uh, a leader is not something that, that happens. A leader is something that is earned. And if you want to be a leader, you got to go out there and serve people. And you got to go out there and you have to essentially lower yourself to lift other people up and give of yourself sacrificially. That's what a leader does, ultimately. A leader sacrifices himself for the sake of others. And if you want to be a leader, if you feel like you're called to be a leader, then don't search for titles. Don't search for someone just to call you a leader or a good parking space or those kinds of accolades. You have to serve other people. That's what it means to be a leader. You know, we're talking about Fourth of July and all the founding fathers and uh, how they risked their lives. The reason that they are honored is not because they are perfect men. They're not. It's not because they did everything right. They didn't do everything right, obviously. But they sacrificed every single thing that they had for the sake of freedom, for the sake of this idea, for the sake of the people of the United States at the time. And most of them, even with the the nation's original sin of slavery, most of them wanted to abolish it right away. And they thought it would be. They were wrong, but they thought, most of them thought it would be right away. They sacrificed life, liberty, their possessions, everything they have. They thought they were going to be hung. They thought they would actually be literally tarred and feathered. They thought literally that in giving up of them so that they would be the ones attacked. It wouldn't be the colonists and the regular folk. It would be them. Leadership is when you give of yourself. You become a leader when you leverage the influence that you have, whatever that is, for the benefit of other people. And when you start doing that, then people start to recognize, hey, this is this is a person who wants better things for everybody else. And if somebody's told you or if you think God wants you to be a leader, then what I would say is get into his word and you find out what leaders are like in the Bible. They give of themselves. The leaders who are that you find in the Bible with Jesus as your best example, he gave of himself. He lowered himself so that he could be the savior. He stayed on the cross when they were told, hey, if you're the son of God, why don't you just call down a bunch of angels and get you off of there? And he could have, but he didn't. So hopefully that that helps you. And I think as we think about our leadership now, we think about the country that we want. We think about being in an election year. Let me ask you this question, just as as the citizens, who are the leaders, not the self-appointed leaders, not the people who just have the ability and skill to raise money, and campaign and win an election. If we want our country to be better, who are the leaders? Spiritually, who are the leaders who are leading us in the right direction, not just the direction that we want to go? That's not a leader. Leaders are people who take people to where they ought to be, not just where they want to go. Who are the leaders who sacrifice of themselves to get us to that place? I think that's who we vote for. I think that's how we have become a great nation, and some people want to say, well, let's let's be, you know, we want to make America great again. Well, the way that you do that is you, you do it by being great. You do it by being great, not relying on the past, but looking to the future and saying, what can we do to serve people moving forward? This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We will be back in just a few minutes with hour two. Don't go away. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.